This episode of Pondering Nerdcast was brought to you by GamingRebellion.com. Join the community today at GamingRebellion.com, where it's more than just games. Hi guys, Mickey and Lance here with the Pondering Nerdcast, coming to you with an amazing interview with Eric Dean Seaton, creator of the comic Legend of the Montemagi. Seaton is a producer who answered the call to create a superhero that looks like him. The merchandise of this work has great visuals uh, from the comic, and I highly recommend you visit their store as soon as you're finished listening to this interview. Enjoy. Hey guys, what's up? This uh, tonight here we have with us Eric Dean uh, Seaton with uh, with Mickey, and also I'm joining in on this interview. Um, uh, Eric is the creator of the Legend of the Mantamaji, a uh, pretty cool comic book, in my opinion. Um, Mine too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we had the pleasure of uh, meeting him at uh, C2E2 this year, and uh, he was gracious enough to, you know, you know, come and give us an interview uh, to talk about his creation and you know the works that he's doing. Um, so, how you doing, Eric? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing today? Doing awesome. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. So, um, the, one of the first things I would w- want to know, uh, given that I'm, I guess I'm, a, well, I'm an inspiring video editor myself. So, whenever I'm looking at any content, you know, I, I, I could be a little bit jaded. So, I'm always looking at how things are edited or put together because I'm very obsessed with the process. Right. Of, um, so, with, the main character, uh, the the man, the, the character that plays the uh, Mantamaji, Elijah. Uh, yep, Elijah. Uh, yeah, that's his name. And um, how long did you have this character in mind? You know, like you know, when was like this is it? This is like this is where I'm going with this character, and this is how I'm going to present him in the in the world of the comics and stuff like that. Like, how long um, did that take you? Since the beginning, uh, I always knew that um, I had to do. I wanted to do a character, and I wanted to do a character that looked like me. That was uh, the most important thing, um, and not to say uh, you know fight the power type of thing, but more like an eye opener type of thing. Because I grew up loving like um, James Bond, Indiana Jones, and things like that, and never saw characters look like me. So I, I was determined that he was going to be a black man. But what I wasn't determined was to look at all. Matter of fact. When I sent the samples to the artist, it was the artist's idea that drew him with the bald head. I didn't care. I just knew that um, there's always a lack of representation. And I, I always feel like um, people get inspired to do stuff when they see others that look like them or others that came from the same background doing stuff. Mm-hmm. So that that was that was the first thing about uh, books that had to stay. Other than that, I was like really – it was really about the story. Uh, but, the, but his look – uh, his skin color was always going to be what it was, but even his look was was I was open to interpretations. Hmm. Okay, that's pretty cool. Uh, so that that was pretty much the the uh, idea behind Elijah Alexander. Um, so I'm guessing it, was he the first character that you came up with for the Legend of the Montemagi, or were like because I see here you have like several you know different characters as well. Yeah, it started with him. Um, what later came is that when I started to do it, I realized. What made him different, you know, because um, everything has been done. And I said making him a shallow, conceited lawyer is the best way to make him stand out. 
So he's this unlikable, conceited guy. And then I was like, well, it's funny. It's so ridiculous. I have a friend of mine who's a pretty famous screenwriter. And I was like, well, how do you make an unlikable guy likable? He said, cast Will Smith or Robert Downey Jr. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, okay, that's not going to happen right now. It's a book. So he's like, it's a very tricky thing. He said, but just think about the journey um, that he's going to go on. And so I just stuck to the journey. So I thought it would be something. It was always, what can you do different? You know, I mean, I don't think you can break the mold or you can reinvent the wheel, um, but you can make the make the uh, make the make the rubber look different. You can put a different design on it, put a different spin on it, um, but it's still going to roll. So, so that was the that was the goal um, to make him a shallow, conceited guy that goes on a journey. And then, actually, funny after I did that, I found that there was a lot of people that you could relate to—the people that that struggled or didn't have much and then make it and you honestly think because they made it they're going to be the nicest people in the world but they're not like they forget they the the demon that they have of being resentful of their position or situation never really leaves them and they end up behaving the same way they say they would not behave mm. okay and i find that so once i actually did it i found he, he related to quite a few people in the world how did you meet your uh, art team, uh, Brandon, Andrew, Duran? Uh, all the internet. The internet is our friend right now. Officially, I, I, Brandon and I have worked together. It's maybe going on year seven or eight. We have only seen each other in person twice. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, both times at a comic book convention, uh, WonderCon and San Diego. And the crazy part is the first time we met at San Diego was after the books were done. Uh, he came to San Diego and he walked up and he said, Eric. And I said, yeah. And he goes, I'm Brandon. And then we shook hands. Even the, because if you, even if you get the books in the back of the books, they have our pictures. When it was time to do the pictures, he sent in a uh, sketch of himself. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that's a good idea. So we turned all the, all the pictures into sketches. So I never, I never knew what he looked like. Oh, okay. Um, and didn't need to, like, it was a weird thing with the internet. You just, you write your concepts, you send them, people send it to you. If you like it, you pay them and you keep going. So you know, it's a guy thing. My wife thinks it's crazy. She's like, never met once. And I was like, but that's how guys are, you know. So, uh, and then, um, and I got, uh, um, I can't remember who came first, either Duran or Andrew. One recommended the other, but I can't remember who came first. That's amazing. Um, I was actually going to ask you what your work style is like, your ideal work situation. Do you prefer collaboration do you prefer working alone do you prefer working at a distance in person brainstorming How, how's your ideal work process um I'm the, I'm the ultimate collaborator um but here's the thing i still have a definite opinion of what i want i'm just open to hearing what other people want to say or do um because i find that and this is a trick that most people have a hard time with even if you already have your mind made up the more you can listen the more they may just enhance or prove what you want to do to be right. So uh, I like collaborating, um, um, but the way I way we do it is like I, I write, write the script, and I and then I send it to Brandon, and he does some I, you know he does some uh, thumbnails, and a lot of times the thumbnails I can't really understand what's going on because it's just they're ugly pictures, um, <laughs> but I trust him enough that you know I go okay let's take it to the next step. Because one thing with the digital age is even if you didn't like something, once it came back, you can move it around. Like we did, once the book was done, we did go back and reconfigure some pages and move some images. I didn't throw anything away, but I moved stuff around um, to where it can be. And I, and I, and I find this, I find like 
you will find people that have a real good connection and a sixth sense with you um, because the least person I give the notes to, Andrew, is the one that always gets it right. Uh, the colorist, he always um, takes the pages to another level. He gets it. Like, he's really, really a creative guy, really understands. And then, you know, for me, because I come from a directing world, he really gets it because he's actually, he's coming from a different world and my, and I'm still talking in my language and he's totally getting it. So, yeah. Right on. Well, looking at his work, his past work, I mean, it, it seems like he's been in this field for a while. So he seems like he has a very, um, a strong vision for his own aesthetic and he brings that through on the projects that he works on, which is awesome. Yeah, but I team. did find out. <laughs> you know, thank you. Thank you. But I did find out over time he does watch a lot of television uh, and he's very opinionated about the TV that he watches. So I think he really has kind of come more to my world than than what I thought than what I originally um, uh, thought. OK, cool. Yeah. The flexibility is there, which is awesome. Yep. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So um, how is your, um, you said that you, the world you come from, uh, tell, tell, you know, tell, tell us a little bit more about that, about oh. your background in um, content creation, I, I should say, to be, you know, as a broad word, but, you know, uh, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, uh, my day job uh, is a television director. Uh, and so I direct um, anything. I started in kids shows and family programming and now I've kind of moved to adult shows, but I still dabble. Um, back in, uh, in kids' programming, more like family programming because it's kind of changed over time. And the genres have changed. It started really straight comedy, and now it's kind of more action comedy. Uh, and then a little bit of drama, which I hope to get into more. Um, but so what I did, um, one thing TV does is very collaborative, um, and, that's, uh, and that's why, to be honest, that's why the Russo brothers are so successful mm. uh, as movie directors because... Nowadays, with big movies like that, it is uh, they are collaborative um, more so than they used to be, and that's why they're thriving so well, um, doing probably some of the best superhero movies that have ever been made. Um, but what what I did when I went to write the books is that having never written a true novel before, um, my thing was to, and I tell people this is my advice: um, write what you know, and then conform it to whatever world it is. So I did the books. Um, in a script kind of script kind of novel form, but it was still written in a script form first, where the way that the way it looked and the dialogue and all that type of stuff. So it was the way I could understand it. But what I did was from reading a lot of books and watching a lot of things. Um, then I started to transcend, where I was more descriptive in things, really kind of took my time with certain things, so uh, it would come out longer than what would be a normal script. So uh, for me, it was a translation of taking a visual medium that I come from and turning it into a a written form, but still doing it my way versus just trying to like open up a book one day and say, I'm going to write an, and arrogantly say, I'm going to write a novel, but I've never had done that. Hmm. Okay. Right on. Um, so after you created the character, was your, the whole intention behind the um, creation of the character, as you said, was you wanted um, a superhero that looked like you. Uh, right. And did it, was it uh, intended to go past uh, you know, uh, comic books into because you do have a live action short that is out now. And, yeah, I know uh, it's so it's so funny. It really did start from the creation standpoint, and and when I once I knew he was going to look like me, I did all this. I really did like I still have the books like 
all this history. I, I knew I wanted him to come from Africa, mm. um, Egypt, Egypt, really, to be honest. And I did all this research and just tons and tons of research. And so there's little, like, you know, the neck rings on his costume. That's the symbolism of, a, you know, some people in Africa that do that. The Ankh, you know, the Valley of the Kings. Everything is based off something real. But what happened was, as that went on, I remember Lord of the Rings came out. And I just remember watching that movie, those three movies being blown away. And I said, you know, not only do you not see us that much represented, but one thing is we're never represented in the future or in fantasy. Mm. And, uh, and so I said, listen, I wanted to tell a global story. It wasn't about saving drugs out the neighborhood. So I decided to take all the things that were real and then put a um, fantasy spin on it. And so, you know, the book grew from there. So the, so the, so the, the Mantamaji became his race because he really didn't have a name. Um, I was thinking like superhero names and, and like Nighthawk and all these other names that have been used or taken. Mm. Um, and I'm glad I didn't, although it's hard to pronounce Mantamaji uh, until you until you figure it out. Um, and so once I based it on his race, it just gave him, it just grounded him and gave him so much more. And then the next thing I said was um, all the women characters couldn't be just. And what I say by just is usually you always say, oh, it's just a girlfriend. Oh, that's just the mother. Um, there's no such thing as just. Um, so everybody had to have a meaning, everybody had an importance. So as I was flushing out all these characters, I was like, well, you know, the, 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 the girlfriend cop, she can't just be the cop that just, you know, is following everything. I, I said, but let's start her off like the, the person that's our, our way into this world because she doesn't, she doesn't have powers. And then, you know, you come to find out the twist that she actually is from the descendants that were uh, the sisters to the Mantamaji. So I like, you know, you just start growing from there and everything. But those would be the first step. I think it was Elijah and the African history and then the strong female characters, and it just all started to evolve from there. And then the one thing I did was, um, I did really say like, everybody's a different race, you know, because it was a global story. Um, and in the global story, we all are different creeds, colors, races. So I, as as I kept adding characters and filling it out, um, nobody, you know, other than he and Elijah, his mom, and and Sydney, uh, the main girlfriend, everybody else is a different race. It's really interesting that you mentioned that because I was thinking about, you know, from uh, looking at the story of the characters and stuff, I was thinking about how much intention and forethought was made, was, was put into each character's story, just like you said. Um, how, how did you approach the, the body of your villain characters, the, the intention? How, what was your approach um, when it came to those characters? Um, each one had it represent a different region of the world. Okay. Um, because I, what I, my, my, one, it was funny, through writing yourself into a corner, you write yourself out. So basically, um, in the story, uh, 3,000 years ago, one of the Mantamaji decided that they were more important. They're always helping humans, but you know, we you see through history, uh, we've messed everything up. And he's like, well, if we have this power, instead of us, you know, helping them, why can't they just follow us? So he turned bad. So the, in the last ditch effort to stop him, uh, Elijah's father, the uh, Kandor, one of the great Mantamaji, decided to put his pregnant wife in an eternal sleep to link one day wake up. If they one day failed uh, or somehow did not defeat Sirach, that he could be the last Mantamaji to give, you know, the world a, a glimmer of hope. So flash forward, of course, Sirach, the evil guy, is resurrected in present day. And that means Mariah wakes up, but that's the mother. When she wakes up, the baby hasn't been born yet. So 
for him to become a hero, 27 years had to go by. So uh, I said, well, if you, if somebody from 3,000 years ago woke up today, he couldn't just take over the world. There's guns, there's missiles, there's, you know, crisis, there's all these different things going on. I said, but what he can start to do is start to build up, uh, uh, um, build up an army, you know, by infiltrating the weaknesses of society. And I said, well, if these, if he would need people from different nationalities and different um, regions because as a society today, we all don't all get along. You know, you know, we all don't get along. So the best way to do it is I'm going to go get, you know, uh, this Russian guy is going to take care of, you know, immigrants and Russian people. I'm going to get this Hispanic woman that's going to like, you know, uh, take care of this. I'm going to get this Italian woman that's going to take care of that. So, so basically that's what happened over those 27 years as Elijah was growing up, not knowing his responsibility, the flushing out the story of, you know, how this stuff could happen. Um, built those characters and built who they are. And uh, and the funny thing was, had I not made it three graphic novels and like had extended it longer, you really would have seen more of the, what we ended up becoming the four horsemen of the evil Serac, um, their rise to power, you know, so. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, so the uh so the the short film that you produced from the um comics um was this was the short film was more of a proof of concept or is this something that's like you have a longer goal in mind to have a full-fledged um movie or like a tv series so um, it was a it was a true evolution of um i went to comic-con and i every all you see are people paying attention to everything that has a video okay that has something to look at <laughs> yeah. uh so the initial the initial brain thing was not because um, the one the weird thing it's weird to explain to people because I was already directing in real life so it wasn't like a rush to go do something I haven't done right um, I ended up by shooting it showing something in a style that I haven't done before so it ended up working out because it, actually the job I did in Vancouver was a direct result of um, shooting that short so the, my next thing I always tell people is invest in yourself um, because if you invest in yourself then you control how people see you yeah um, so, uh, so now I'm 100% behind it. But the, the original evolution was to sell books. Now it has evolved. Now we do uh, want to do more.